my God, because of who you are, Lord, I worship you. No wonder the psalmist said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bowels. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, we're here to worship you for who you are. We're not here to worship the Lord because we got a car or, you know, maybe we found some money on the ground and all of that's good, you know, but can we just worship him for who he is and love him because he first loved us and gave himself for us when we didn't know him, protecting us from many things. And I could just name some things. And there are some things that we don't know that he, that came our way that God protected us from. And so uh, on this 20th day of August, you know, we just here to worship and thank God. Thank you for joining us this evening. And for those that will be listening on a, a later time, uh, wherever they are, whichever continent they're on, uh, you're listening to Sunday Morning Live. That's SML uh, on a Thursday presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church. And this is Pastor Carl Henderson, and we are Inside the Pages. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and Acts of the Holy Ghost on Thursdays at 9 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God, therefore I am faithful, I'm bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus name. Now we're in the book of Acts and we're talking about Acts of the Holy Ghost and we're in the second epistle of, of Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke is one of my favorites and you may have your own favorite writer, but uh, Dr. Luke registers with me uh, because the man took time to understand what uh, was happening. He wasn't there to, to see it, but he spoke to eyewitnesses. And, you know, we weren't there to see it, but we have spoken with some witnesses and they told us about the Lord and his saving grace. And then when we came to know the Lord, uh, we saw some things happening that we couldn't explain. We understood it was God. We saw signs, we saw wonders, we saw some miracles. And if you haven't seen those things, keep living. As long as the Lord tarry, let me tell you, the word of God is alive. Let me say that again. I can't stress that enough. The word of God is alive. It's alive. Everything that there is about God is alive. He is not a God of the dead. He is a God of the living. And that includes all substance that deals with him. And everything in his presence is alive. Now we're in the, again, we're in the book of Acts, the second epistle that is being written to Theophilus, uh, a believer. Uh, not much is known about him except the fact that he believed in God. And, and so let's, um, uh, we'll embrace that just because he believed in God, just like we believe in God. And so the Bible tells us in the ninth chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. And, you know, before, before I go there, I, I pray and hope that you've had a blessed day. 
And no matter what has come your way, no matter what you've had to deal with today, uh, God is still in control. And uh, just embrace that. Hold on to that. Know that uh, within your Noah, it doesn't mean that you, you won't feel it. It doesn't mean it didn't make you upset. It doesn't mean that it didn't bother you. Uh, it doesn't mean that there was no impact. But know that God is still on the throne and he has your back. Yes, he does. If you're faithful to God, he cannot ignore his word. His word is in you and he will be faithful unto his word. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, the 10th verse in my chapter. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, and he replied, yes, Lord. He answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is chosen, is a chosen, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And I will show him how he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hand on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, as you were coming here, has sent me uh, so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Um, immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. He immediately he believed and he was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. That's the only uh, way that you'll find and see baptism throughout the scriptures is that um, uh, John baptized under baptism of repentance. And, but he said a greater one was coming and remission of sin and baptism was preached in Jesus' name. And so uh, that was carried out by Ananias. And uh, the 19th chapter, uh, verse says, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So even before he had eaten, uh, the first and foremost thing that he did was to have his sins remitted uh, in the name of the Lord and uh, to be filled uh, that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just going to say that since the scales fell from his eyes, he also received the Holy Ghost. And uh, no one can prove that as being incorrect. Uh, and so because based upon the move of God's spirit in his life and what was happening immediately and the change of events that was occurring, uh, this man was saved. And so uh, Ananias, let's look at Ananias here. Uh, the Bible tells us that Ananias was, uh, was visited by the Lord. The Lord called unto him in a vision. 
and he responded unto the Lord, and the Lord was instructing him to go and to see Saul. Now, and so Ananias uh, had heard about Saul and heard all that this man was doing, and he was. I, I'm he. When I looked at this, I'm like, he must have been pretty scared. He must have been pretty frightened. And, you know, we like to bolster and, uh, and and be bold and say we're not scared of anything. You know, and uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear. We've heard those messages uh, spoken and all of those different things, uh, and everything has its place. But I'm looking here in the scripture, and I see a man that appears to be pretty apprehensive, to be pretty scared. So uh, was Ananias scared? Yes. Was he saved? Yes. Because you believe don't mean that you're fearless. It doesn't mean that, uh, that you don't have any faith either. It means that something has you afraid. Now, fear is defined as the unpleasant emotion in this Webster Dictionary or whatever dictionary you might use. But fear is defined as uh, unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone Saul in this case, or something, his, he was breathing out threatening and cruel things, uh, is likely to cause pain, suffering, dangerous, and in this case, death. Now, if, you, if you've lived a little while, uh, something has spooked you before. Uh, maybe it was caused by a person, maybe you entered into a place, uh, even... Um, because of paranoia, you know, there's a lot of things that cause paranoia and, and uh, we can laugh about it now. Um, you know, uh, you get paranoid off of some uh, self-sedation. You know, maybe you visited the street pharmacist and now you're paranoid and just afraid of everything, jumping at every little thing. Maybe you watched a scary movie. You know, they said, don't go in that room. And that uh, they went in that room. They always go in the room after being told not to go into that room. You know, there's a commercial where the, the guy with the chainsaw is chasing these kids or young teens, and they're running every place and hiding all over the place. And there's a car with the keys in it, and the car is running. And the guy with the, the, uh, the um, chainsaw is standing behind them, shaking his head, because instead of them running to the car, and jumping in it, they ran the opposite way. You know, so th those are those movies, you know, those scary movies, those crazy things, maybe something that spooked you and you jumping for, you know, as you see a little shadow or something. But, uh, you know, something has you on edge. And I know, I've known, and I still know some serious gangsters, uh, you know, that was their lifestyle. And uh, they true to the heart. They they when they love, they love hard. When they they your brother, they your brother for life. Uh, sisters, you know, there's some people that are down with you, and they have shown fear in the midst of situations. You know, fear comes in all shapes and sizes. It comes in all different type of packages, and so uh, fear, uh, you know. It causes do or die. It will cause you to react with extreme violence, you know, to protect yourself. Fear will cause you to flee uh, for the moment. It will cause you to do some things. It would also cause you to run into a wall and, you know, hurt yourself. Uh, and so uh, if you have ever been afraid, uh, you know what I'm talking about.
Have you been afraid? Do you know what to do when you have fear? You know, fear exists and it's a terrible place to be found in because fear tortures you. You know, that's a sad situation to be in. And let me touch touch on parenting uh, right now, because as parents, some of us grew up uh, being told, you know, uh, wait till your father get home or wait till your mother come in. Or you knew that when one of them came that you were in trouble and that was fear. And you walked around tormented, tortured because you thought about uh, what was going to happen when they arrived. And so it, it's today we don't, you know, when we sit down and we talk to our children and uh, I love this book, The Four Pillars of a Man Heart, because it talks about being a king, a protector, a friend and a mentor in the home. And so uh, when we utilize those four uh, principles, those four standards, uh, it causes us to be such a support that it eliminates the torture. It eliminates some of the fear that already exists in this world, and it helps our children to thrive. And so that's something to think about, you know, but Ananias had a good reason to be apprehensive. Remember, Saul was making a move against all those that was confessing Jesus Christ. Uh, it tells us in Acts, the first chapter, excuse me, Acts 8 and 1, and Saul was consenting unto his death, the stoning of Deacon Stevens. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judah and Samaria, uh, except the apostles. And so they weren't scattered abroad because they weren't afraid. They were running for their lives. Yes, they believed in Jesus Christ. Yes, they were saved. Uh, yes, there were signs and wonders. There was miracles, but they were running for their lives. They weren't running because they were standing around talking about God's got my back on this. But no, they were running because they needed to escape the persecution and the threat that was there. And so uh, Acts 9, uh, 1 and 2 said, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any, any, found any of this way, anybody calling upon the name of the Lord, anybody praying unto Jesus Christ, anybody confessing their faith in him, whether it be a man or a woman, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. They were going to be arrested. Now, being brought back to Jerusalem, <laughs> that was no pleasure. Remember, they just stoned Stephen. They, they just stoned Deacon Stephen to death while he was calling upon the Lord. And, you know, when we look at history, when we look at the history uh, of people, uh, we see that people have suffered some great torment and they didn't lose their faith in what was going to happen. But it doesn't mean they didn't feel the pain. It doesn't mean that they didn't suffer that. You know, I just thank God because in his wisdom, he knows how to, how to give us an exit plan and he know how to help us escape those things as long as we keep our faith in him. But that's a, a subject for to go deeper in another time. The disciples saved to be saved, trusting in God's word, uh, seeing miracles, signs and wonders. They were running for their lives. 
there was a certain man, a certain disciple at Damascus, and we're talking about Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, behold, Lord, I'm here, I'm here, Lord. What, what, what is it? And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street, which is called straight. Now note here that the Lord spoke to Ananias and Ananias responded. Just, just, I just wanted to let that register for a moment because God, when he speaks to you, you can interact with him. When God sends a messenger your way, you can interact with the messenger. When the prophet comes and gives you a word, who said you cannot ask about what is being told to you so that there is, Matt, let me give you a scripture to help you out. And all that getting, get an understanding. So that will help you. When the angel, when Gabriel went to Mary and said, look, you're going to have a baby. Mary was like, wait, wait a minute. How is this going to happen? And I haven't known a man. I've kept myself. And so, uh, you know, we can interact with the Lord. Ananias is interacting here with the Lord. And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the, into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. So tar remember, uh, uh, Saul was terrified too. Saul was scared after seeing the vision or being blinded by the light of immortality, uh, that same light that appeared in, in the beginning, that same light that was manifested and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of God, that same light uh, that in him was life. And so... Uh, he was praying. This man was scared. He didn't know nothing else to do but pray at that moment uh, because of what he had encountered. A light, a voice, uh, fear and trembling. And so uh, others around him were also afraid. And the Bible said he's seen a vision. So even though he was blind and he couldn't see naturally, he had a vision of Ananias coming in. And he knew exactly what Ananias was going to do because of the vision. He was going to put his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And the Lord is relaying that to Ananias. So Ananias would know what to do when he came in and he met the man. Now, if God has ever showed you a vision, we still live in that day and time where the Lord is interacting with us and showing us visions. You know, uh, pastors and ministers, I want to encourage you that when God shows you a vision, you know, he's not just, it's not just a dream of the desires of your heart, but uh, the vision God is letting you know so that you will know what to do. Um, interact with the Lord and get an understanding and get clarity about what you're seeing. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many things of this man, how much evil he have done by the saints uh, or to the saints of Jerusalem. And here, uh, he have authority from the chief priest to bind all them that call upon your name. Ananias had no intentions of getting near Saul. And maybe you feel that same way about someone. Uh, he didn't want to go see Saul, but the Lord was encouraging him, urging him 
uh, to go because he's, I, I'm dealing with him and I want you to know. And so Ananias' faith was in the fact that God told him, I'm already dealing with him. His, uh, the faith that he was having, it was in the word of God because uh, before that, Ananias had already, look, I've heard about this man. I'm not going there, but the Lord said, go. Uh, I'm telling you to go. He's seen you in a vision. He saw you putting his hand, your hand on him that he might receive his sight. And so even with that, Ananias said, Lord, this is my concern. Ananias had concerns. He had fear about what was occurring. Maybe you feel the same way about someone. Maybe you have fear and you're afraid of something that has happened. Like Saul, they had uh, the person that you're dealing with, they had and still have, or maybe they had some intentions of doing you harm, but uh, that has changed. And, and you were faced with the responsibility of interacting with them, and you still may be faced with the responsibility of interacting. The million dollar question here is, or someone uh, said, uh, does my feelings, does my feelings supersede the word of God? Verbally, many of us would say, uh, no, my feelings, my emotions do not supersede the word of God, but our actions display an opposite message. We say yes, we say a lot of things verbally. Uh, the Bible said that the children of Israel, they sat down to eat, but then they got up to play. We say a lot of things while we're sitting down or we're listening to the message, we're thinking about it, you know, but then we get up and we forget. Uh, you know, that's why I believe what James said, we need to be a hearer and a doer of the word. Don't just be a hearer and, you know, you hear and you, you see what, uh, what position you're in and then you leave and forget exactly what you saw and where you were. And so many people will be found in that state of being uh, when the Lord call upon them uh, that they have forgotten about who they were and where the state they were in. I believe all of us have come to that bridge and there's a price to be paid there. You know that there are uh, uh, some routes that you take that have spikes. In other words, you get to a certain point, you cannot back up. You must go forward uh, into that area. And so uh, there are some roads, there are some places that you cannot back up because it's going to put you on a flat. Uh, you can't go to the right. You can't go to the left. You have to proceed forward. And so it doesn't leave you any other choice except forward. As we proceed uh, forward, uh, are we going to follow the rules of, in which God has put in place? Or are we going to violate them? You know, the speed limit says 25, but we're going to try to shoot through this real fast and be, and we, you know, anytime we're trying to speed and get someplace, we hoping not to be noticed, you know, all of us. Uh, Lord, give us your saving grace, your saving mercy. Lord, give me traveling grace and all of that, you know, because we we know we're exceeding uh, the, the written law. And so because we're supposed to follow the rules. And so we all have to be careful and we do the same thing with the Lord. We we give ourselves uh, uh, permission. You know, it's better. What is it that saying uh, is better to do it and then ask for forgiveness. But let me tell you, that don't work with God. That's man's saying that's not God saying Ananias had to make the same choice and it led to a man's deliverance maybe you're at odds with someone and you need to make a choice 
And it's a difficult choice. It's not a, it's not an easy choice. Uh, maybe uh, you you're already living with a choice that you made. Does that choice leave you free? Does it leave the other person free? In, in other words, there it, what we do either causes freedom or it causes bondage. And so we want to be careful that we both are free. Allow someone else to be free. I know those words may seem easy right now, but listen, when you're dealing when as you mature and you cut and you get to certain places and you will mature, we're not we're not in, in that state of mind that God's not through with me yet and all of that mess. No, look, the Bible said when you come to the light, walk in it. It doesn't give no deviation of that. When you come to the light, walk in it. And so you have to, whether you have to go to counseling, you know, or, or, or something, you need to make sure that you're free and that the other person is free as well. Now, I count myself worthy to speak on those things uh, for good reason. I count myself worthy to talk about this uh, since I had to cross that bridge and deal with those things, too. And in our pilgrimage, you'll hear people say, I wouldn't do that, you know, or I, if I was you. Well, one, you're not me. Uh, Pastor Carl wants to be saved. And I believe you want to be saved as well. And so I've heard people say a leopard can never change their spots. And I'm not a favor of that saying. Now, uh, uh, true, a leopard, you know, the animal cannot change his spots. You know, uh, maybe in time, if the Lord Terry and I, I pray, uh, Maranatha, even so come Lord Jesus, uh, that there is no tearing. Uh, and so we all need to be ready for that. And there are many others that are, are praying the same prayer. But a leopard can never change his spots. I've heard people say that about individuals. But understand, uh, thank God that you're not a leopard. And if that was true, that means even the person that's making the statement is not saved. Because that means we can't repent. That means we can't change. We can't be converted. We can't. The Bible said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That wasn't saying God was going to do it. God, the responsibility of sin and not to sin is it, it's within us. It's our responsibility. And so if we walk around with that, a leopard never changes his spot. None of us will be saved. That list of cliches and different things go on and on and on. But we need to put that mess to rest. In your pain and fear, you might agree with them until you truly come to yourself and come to terms to what God is saying. If we live by those myths, those cliches, those old wise tales, progress will never be made. We stun our own growth, leaving us in the mundane, stumbling with the permissive, and forget about entering into the divine because that's never going to happen without surrendering those feelings and letting those myths go. Some myths and things are, are said and, and people think it's scripture, but it's, it's not. It has nothing to do with the word of God. It was just something that was handed down because uh, people didn't know what else to say. You know, they were trying to get a point across and somewhere along the line that was taken as being uh, cemented truth. But listen, Ananias would have a would have a different story had he not surrendered those feelings to obedience. Now, obedience has nothing to do with how you feel. Obedience is right and wrong. Obedience, I'm obedient to doing what's right, and I'm not going to do what's wrong. If I if I obey what's wrong, then wrong is my master. 
but I'm, but I'm confessing and saying, Lord, you're my savior. You're my master. You're my king. And so I'm going to obey you. And so even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it anyhow. Friend, that's what we need to do. That's what all of us must do. It doesn't matter how we feel. Feelings are just that. It's just energy that's in motion and it has to be put in check. And we must obey what God is saying. If it doesn't, it, it means that, listen, Ananias' story would be different. It doesn't mean that he wasn't paying close attention to, to Saul. I'm sure he had his eyes wide open. I'm sure he was prepared to run if necessary. Now, that's me saying that. The scripture didn't say that. But, but let's just look at it for what it is that uh, if it was one of us, you know, uh, there was already some apprehension there. But he was obeying what God was saying. And that's what we have to do. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is chosen. He's a chosen vessel unto me uh, to bear my name. God has given him some more information. I've called him. He's going to minister. He's going to bear my name before the Gentiles. And remember, Saul is a, uh, an apostle unto the Gentiles. He preached to everyone, but he was specifically called out for us. Uh, and he talks about the dispensation of grace in which uh, the time that we're living in. And that is not a for eternal time. That is a... a uh, grace, it runs out. Listen. And so he's going to bear the name of the Lord for the, for the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, God knew that Saul would deal with it. And God knows that whatever it is that you have to deal with, that you have to suffer with, he knows that you can handle it. God has confidence in you. He, God has expectations in us that we will be faithful no matter what is going on. Preachers, preach the word no matter what's going on and apply it to yourself because the message comes to the minister first and we apply it to ourselves and then we prayerfully ask the Lord to help us to reiterate uh, the message uh, that we have received from him after we've digested it, uh, that we regurgitated back up to you. And so uh, we must obey those things. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hand on Saul. Uh, Brother, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way has come and sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes that had been scales and he received his sight uh, forthwith and arose and was baptized. Both Ananias and Saul, like you and I, had so much more to learn and so much more to learn and to be exposed to uh, on this journey. Now, God wants us to, uh, to know more. He wants more from us. He wants to lead us from the mundane uh, and get us out of the permissive and into the divine. Amen. I pray and I hope that that something has been said this evening, you know, that encourages your heart, that gives you strength, that gives you something to think about, you know, um, as we, um, whether you're getting up as you, or maybe you're laying down, and, and, you know, but rest in the Lord. Uh, be blessed. 
Uh, let your hands be strong and, and be encouraged knowing that God is with you. And as we apply the word of God and as we grow in his grace, you'll see some milestones being made in your life as you apply the word of God in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Carl Henderson, again, with Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And look forward to seeing uh, souls soon, whether it is physically here or in glory. Uh, that is my faith. That is my hope. Amen. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Thank you, Lord. Be back again on Sunday morning at a.m. Talking about rapture, being rapture ready. to break.